It's been six years now since alternate realities went up to that big back issue bin in the sky. Though much has changed, our community endures. Now, on the brink of a new day, my holiday reunions with the AR gang near their conclusion. This is The Longer Halloween. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop History Tale. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is Part 10, Independence Day. And joining me for this installment is former Alternate Realities customer and one-time webmaster, Carolyn Halensky. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you for having me. This is the first time you've been on the show in a long time and the first time that you've been on solo. Yes. Oh, it's been so long. It has been a long time. I guess it was back in season one. I had, uh, we did an episode with you, Doug Desher and Brian O'Day. That was a pretty, yes, that was, I would, I think that was the rowdiest of the first season and one of the rowdiest of the entire series. It was, that was, it was good fun. It was definitely good fun. It was, it's funny because, you know, I just put out the 100th episode of my comic shop history and I went back and I listened to the very beginning of the first episode and I was very serious I was very serious as I did my little intro thing and as I was as I was questioning Steve. And uh, I, I think that was appropriate, especially for the beginning. And, you know, I was really approaching it with the same mentality that I guess I brought to the to the documentary. But I've definitely come to have a lot more fun personally. Oh, you know, and those earliest episodes, they were fun, but in a different way. It was a little bit more analytical. And I've, I've come to uh i like to think bring bring even more energy to it now but it was just funny to go back but yeah that one in particular that was a lot of fun and uh yeah a little rowdy yeah it's so much has has happened since then too so much change for all of us the the podcast the documentaries just everything yeah, it's been quite quite the journey. And so, you know, I don't want to bury the lead here. And I will, I don't know if you've, if you've listened to any of the other ones, but if you haven't, I will share, it, this did come up in a prior episode, but now that you're here, we can talk about it. You are getting married. I, I am getting married. So congratulations. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we won't give, we won't give out the exact date and location, but October, <laughs> October, yes? Yes, it is October. So looking forward to you know seeing everyone just after the pandemic you know I, I think it's it's a good time to get everyone back together again yeah no that'll be wonderful and uh we we got to save the date and are very excited and it's uh w- w- in the future we'll be we could do combo anniversary uh celebrations because the <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real close that time in october is is perfect we were very we were happy and have remained happy with that as our anniversary yeah, it's it's just a good time of the year too. It was it was also the first Saturday in the fall that we could get, so we grabbed it when we had the chance. Believe me, I understand. Uh, <laughs> but that's exciting. So it came up because you know, in in all these episodes, right? I'm I'm catching up with the guest, and I'm asking everyone, you know, are you keeping in touch with the rest of the gang? All that stuff, and. Episode after episode, you know, there's everyone has some level of contact with some number of AR crew members, but there's there's yet to be someone who's like, yeah, I keep in touch with everyone all the time. Like we we don't have that. But your your wedding came up because I I found out about it through uh, Mike San Gregorio, and I mentioned to Steve yes. when when we did Steve's episode, I was like, you know, Carolyn's getting married, and he he did not know. Now now he does. <laughs> yes, now he does. Yeah, it's with the pandemic and everything, it was just hard letting everyone know, you know, what, you know, what happened over the last 15 or so months. And Mike was like, you know, most of the guys don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I was kind of hoping we would all see each other before, you know, this happened. And, but, you know, surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I have so many questions. And I, I guess my first one is, uh, can you tell me about what was the proposal like? What, what, uh, how, how did, how did this all go down? <laughs> well, being that it happened in the middle of the pandemic, it was August of last year. And I had just come home after a seven day stretch at work. And apparently animal hospitals, uh, is where it's at during the pandemic. Um, it's been incredibly busy, which is good for, you know, me job wise. So I was, 
emotionally and physically exhausted after the seven day stretch. I get home and he just gets down on one knee and, and asked. <laughs> Very nice. That, uh, now, and again, I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to pry. I'm just, I'm so, I'm curious about it. And I think back to my own experience. And so that's why I have these questions. Was this something that you both had, like, was this kind of in the cars? Like you knew this was going to come at some point. You just didn't know when, or was it like a total shock? No, we, we did discuss, we picked, you know, brings out. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, and because he is terrible at keeping secrets, the ring came in that day and he proposed that evening. So. Uh-huh. I'm sure, <laughs> so. I, I'm sure he was too excited to to sit on that for long. And, and I'm sure, especially in the midst of the pandemic where, you know, so many of the things that, you know, you would normally have that you would be able to enjoy together and all that stuff you don't have so to, you know, to, to be able to create a moment like that, it's like, yeah, I can, I can totally understand why he, you know, went for it right away. Yeah. He also didn't want to set something out, up like at a restaurant or like you have to wear a mask. And it's like, it was more private. It was more us, like very private. It was super low key. And, you know, that was it. Fair. That's actually how, how I did it as well. When, uh, when I proposed to Steph, so same, similar with, with you guys, like it wasn't, it wasn't a shock that I proposed. Like we had, we had <laughs> talked about it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like super specific, but we had spoken about it. We knew, we both knew that's where we were headed. So, <laughs> and the thing is like, historically, like I, I do like being able to craft a surprise and have some element of, uh, of, 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 I hate to say trickery, but, but kind of, because I, I don't know, I like to cre- you know, create a fun moment. And I was like, yeah. okay, so the fact of the proposal, that's not the surprise. So like what, what could be surprising? And so I figured, okay, the timing of it. And so I ended up proposing a, like a decent bit earlier than I think she was anticipating. And <laughs> I too did it at home. We had taken the day off. It was a Friday in May. And our the cover story was that we were going to go see... Avengers. I think it was two. I think it was Avengers Age of Ultron was out at that point. And so she was getting ready thinking we were going to the movies. And then <laughs> she came out and and I got down on one knee and I proposed. And then I had uh-huh. set up all like I had I got us a we, we spent the night at um at the Ritz in White Plains and we had dinner at the BLT Steakhouse. Like I, I had all this stuff that I was like, okay, now like this is what our actual <laughs> plan is. Very nice. So, and she was like, but we're not seeing Avengers. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously we we saw it eventually, but, uh, but no, that, that's really, I'm, I was so happy to hear. I'm so happy for you. And, you you know, I haven't gotten to know, uh, your fiance, you know, Vincent super well, but I definitely obviously have met him and have chatted with him at at numerous AR, uh, dinners and everything. And, And he seems like a great guy. He is. He's, he's very good to me. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be happy. It, and I'm very happy. Yeah. It makes all the difference. And, you know, and especially going back to this pandemic, you know, having, <laughs> having company generally, but having company you enjoy makes a big yes. difference. <laughs> it's yes, it, it, it is tough. And he works from home. You know, I do have to go to the animal hospital. So it's like, I don't have the alone time. He doesn't really, he, kind of gets alone time so it's it is tough but i think for those of us who spend so much time now at home with our significant others it's like you want to be able to in you you know enjoy that time and not be like get out of my face i can't do this anymore and it's like we've you know yes i'm sure as well with you and staff it's like all right i need some time to myself but that's when you go out you know enjoy like today i went out i saw mike some of the other guys you know Oh, that's good. What'd you guys do? Uh, we went to Oh Yeah. I didn't uh, pick anything up, but you know, I've, I I I want to get back into reading comic books because I do miss it. But that's when I enjoy the time with the book club. I get to read so much, so many stories I've never read before. Some I've reread, which is you know nice to to get back into things. Um, we picked up some donuts and then went to uh, Captain Lawrence. <laughs> Very nice. No, I'm glad to hear that. And so the book club, right? So a uh, fellow AR refugee, Mike San Gregorio, for, for quite some time now, he's been organizing these book clubs, uh, you know, normally in person, but v- over Zoom during the pandemic. And 
it, it's funny because, you know, this is called the longer Halloween, you know, longer with mm-hmm. an AR. But of course, Batman, the long Halloween was was the inspiration for it. And after Brian O'Day's episode, I've had to start uh, just kind of reminding the guests for this podcast <laughs> that this is just like a cheeky reference to the long Halloween. You're not actually expected to come on having read Batman, the long Halloween, because we, it was the funniest thing. I got to the end of that St. Patrick's day episode with Brian. And he was like, Oh, I guess, I guess we're not talking about the long Halloween. Like I thought that's what I was supposed to read. I was like, no. Uh, but so that was actually one of your, uh, most recent uh, book club selections, right? Yes. The, it was the last book club, uh, the last book we read and I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was a great book. You had never read it before. I have never read it before. Okay. So it was it was a good read. I enjoyed the art. I enjoyed the storyline. All right, that's good. I'm glad. I you know, I I loved it at the time, but I have not gone back in many, many years, and I will at some point. Um, but I you know, I've I've gone back and I've, you know, taken another look at at some of Jeff Loeb's other work and some of it's held up better than others. I'm a little <laughs> I don't know what my reaction will be to to Long Halloween after all this time, but uh, I'm glad you liked it. I know the animated they're doing a two-part animated adaptation. Uh I think oh, I think f- I saw I saw something about that, yeah. Yeah. So that should be I'm excited for that. Now, are you have you read or are you going to read the follow-up Dark Victory? Uh, they discussed it about, you know, about those books. I may or may not. Um, somehow we got talking about like Spider-Man Blue and some of those other Marvel books, um, which now I want to reread Spider-Man Blue because I do have that. Um, I don't know. I may or may not pick it up, you know, just to read it and see where else the story went. Gotcha. I have to say Spider-Man Blue is, is my favorite Spider-Man story. And uh, I read it recently for a, a book club podcast episode, and it, it held up great. I think with with Loeb, because I it's funny over the the course of the book club podcast that I did and and the Superman podcast I'm doing, I've like gone back and looked at a lot of Loeb stuff, you know, within the past few months, and I feel like, it, especially with the works that I've looked at, like he really where he excels is where he's able to really get at the heart of the character and really show their humanity. And that's what I think he can do very well. I don't know that he's such a great mystery writer. So that's where I feel like Hush and maybe Long Halloween upon reread, you know, might not quite hold up. But uh, but yeah, something like Spider-Man Blue just is so much heart. I love it. Yeah, from what I remember, it was I just I loved the book. So digging it out of my parents' house to to reread it. Um, but I remember the art. Like that was the one thing I loved about the Long Halloween, the artwork. I loved the artwork to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, you know, Loeb and Sale are such an amazing team. Um, they really, I think, bring out the best in each other. So, uh, so no, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed that. And so speaking of Mike, so Mike is, what is, what is the term for his role in your wedding? Ma- man of honor? He is the man of honor. Yes. That's really cool. I like that. Yes. And he is, he, uh, is, is, he's enjoying himself. He is, you know, doing everything he possibly can do. He's been so great with everything. Um, I just, uh, appreciate him so much. No, that's really, cool. I, I, I love that. And, uh, wh- who, who will be officiating the ceremony? So, um, I met this couple through my friend, Allison, uh, who <laughs> they are a school psychologist and a teacher and they're married and he does weddings on the side. So I'm like, this is perfect. That's awesome. If that didn't work out, you know, you always have Drew Cheskin as, as, I, as backup. This is true. I, I could have asked you. <laughs> no, that's, I love that. It's, you know, you have that, that connection uh, to them because I honestly, you know, that's, you know, one of the aspects of our wedding that I'm, I'm like, I'm so glad we had Drew do it. It, you know, it made it so much more personal that it was someone we knew and oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, was, and like for us, in particular, like we're not religious, so we weren't going to go down that route. And then if it was a matter of, and I know, and again, plenty of people just get, you know, hire a minister and that's perfectly fine. But, uh, I was like, yeah, if we can have someone do it, who knows us. Uh, so that, that's really cool. And, uh, at least, you know, Drew is there on standby in case anything yes. <laughs> goes awry. Yeah, no, I knew I wanted them because it's just, it's so, like you said, it's so much more personal to have people you know and you're friends with, you know, it's like we've made like everyone we've met so far for the wedding. They've been amazing people. It's been just, it's making the process so much easier. 
and less stressful because who needs more stress during a pandemic? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't envy you, you know, uh, trying to plan a wedding in the midst of all of this. It's, I mean, it's like doing anything in the midst of this is not tough. I mean, we moved, you know, a year ago in the midst of this at, at the height of everything. And that was, you know, no picnic. So I, you know, I, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine not. I, I'm not a fan of moving. Um, yeah, I can't imagine moving during a pandemic being much easier. Yeah, it's so funny with the moving. I, Steph and I joke about this because, I mean, she's moved a good number of times uh, over the years. But for myself, it's like my parents and I moved from our our the first apartment that I lived in to our house, which I when I was eight and. I stayed there until I was 25 <laughs> then. But then over these past few years, it's like I moved to my apartment and then in with Steph and then now to our current place. So it's been, it doesn't, when you tally it up, it's really not that much in my 34 years, but it's like most <laughs> of these moves have happened like within the past few years. So I feel like I've moved a lot and I'm happy to not do that for quite some time. Yes, that is a good thing. We we are trying to find a house, but this is not the time to really find a house. But the one good thing that I take out of moving is purging things. I was like, oh, I forgot I had this. Guess I don't need it anymore. So I tend to lose a lot of things when I move because, you know, but then you buy everything again. It's just, you start all over again. It's true. But to your point, I mean, yeah, I think there can be something cathartic, right, about having that, that purge. Um, where are you, are you looking in Westchester or elsewhere? Where are you looking? Um, upper Westchester to Putnam. Okay. Um, just because it's Westchester is so expensive, but right now everything is so expensive. Yeah, you're not. So we actually like we lucked out on that front because we bought our place before like all of this happened. Then we did some work on it before we moved in. So that's why we ended up moving in like later in the pandemic. But we thankfully the price was set before because then Good. Yeah, because then we were hearing that there was this like mass exodus from Manhattan and that, you know, everyone was looking in Westchester and the Connecticut area. So, yeah. Yep. We're still dealing with that. But just the cost of housing is ridiculous. But you know what? We we have a home. I'm happy where we are, you know. If it takes a little bit longer, that's okay. Yeah. So are you in, is it an apartment that you're in now? Okay. Yeah. I mean, same as us. Like, and we were in a one bedroom and you know, when it was just us, it was fine. Once Milo came along, then it was like, okay, we need, we need to expand. We we moved at exactly the right time because it was right after, it was like right as we were moving that he was starting to walk. So for the Mm -hmm. time that we were in the apartment, he was contained and it was fine. But you know, now it's like, it's a good thing we had the extra room for him to run around. But, uh, but no, the prices are nuts. I mean, even before the pandemic, it, you know, it was not not cheap yeah. at all. I mean, because we looked, honestly, I mean, I, we looked for years. We're, we're, we're on that now. We've been looking, I think, at least a year and a half, if not two years at this point. We've been trying to find something. And it's just, it either it's, there's nothing or... It's a house that needs to be gutted for too much money, or it's a house that's moving ready that's for far too much money. Yep, that's exactly that's a hundred percent what we found. Where, and it was, you know, it was just shocking to see the condition of some of these places and the price that they were asking. It was very, very tough to reconcile that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we also no. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. We've we've seen. Too many of those. Like we just saw a house this past weekend. It looked nice in the pictures. And then we walked in the house and we're like, this needs to be gutted. This needs a hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Yeah. No, I mean exactly. It, it like and we also ran into a number of really screwy layouts. Like, and I'm not an architect, but some of these things I'm like, what was going on here? There was one, I don't know, I can't remember if I ever mentioned this on a podcast. I probably that I would have there was one place we looked at and I I can't remember if it was a like a house house or a townhouse or where it was because we we looked so many places but like the master bathroom was and I'm not exaggerating here it was so spacious it was so vast that there had to have been sex parties (laughs) I just don't think that there's any other explanation 
for why there would be a bathroom as large. And I don't have dimensions for it, but it was, um, it's not like, oh, like it was kind of large for a bathroom. I mean, it was staggeringly large for a bathroom. <laughs> so much so that I hope they were having sex parties because otherwise it's like, what are you doing with all that bathroom? We yeah, passed no. on that one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I think we would too. Yeah, some of these houses are very bizarre. Or it's the, you have the houses where it looks perfect and then you're in the basement and then, oh, they have a laundry room that you have to get to through a bathroom. Yes. There's been many of those. And I said, I don't want to go through a bathroom to get to our laundry room. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I, re- I really, I wish you lots of luck with the search. Um, Cause yeah. I, I know, I mean, I know from firsthand experience how, just how hard it is, but you know, uh, you know, thankfully, I mean, like, you know, if you're not in a position where you have to move, you know, that mm-hmm. gives you some flexibility and you can be patient and you can wait. And at the same time, though, I think, like, I think the fact that we looked so long, it was very educational. It is. Right? It is It is very much educational. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's it's educational generally about the market, but it's also, I think you gain insight about yourself and, and the, you guys as a couple as far as what's important to you. Because I think that the, like, over all that time of us looking at places, like, you you then get a lot better and quicker, I think, at eliminating something. And you know mm-hmm. the stuff that you're willing to to sacrifice on. Yes. You know, like I knew for me, I mean, I don't want to say like this was such a deal breaker, but it paramount for me was some kind of office space to do, to do stuff like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I so I knew, because there were plenty of places where it was like, well, we'd have a bedroom and we'd have a room for the kid and that's it. You know, so like yeah. when we found this place and... The, it, it's half office, half laundry room, but it's it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not so bad. Yeah, no, our deal is he'll get the basement so he can have a movie room. Okay. And I just want an extra bedroom for myself. I have my office, my art room, my space so I can close the door. <laughs> I was going to ask what was, uh, what was, par- so, so, because I know, uh, your husband to be yeah so he's into the audio visual presentation right so he wants like a yes. like a screen like a proper screening room he'd love that that's you know yeah. so when we find a house we go into the basement we make sure all right can we put up you know a big tv or a screen it's like all right you can have the basement you can have your movie room your game room i just want my own room so i can you know have my own space i like that and i identify with that i mean i think if if we had been able to have another room, that's probably <laughs> what I would have gone for. Uh, what I ended up, this wasn't really a requirement because I was planning to just get a gym membership. But then with the pandemic, I ended up, and I, this was real, it was so it was super hard to actually get gym equipment. And it was really hard to get gym equipment that would allow enough room to still park the car in the garage. But I did it. I did it. There you go. And so, so again, that wasn't something so much that was on my mind when we were looking, but uh, as it turned out, yeah, having the home gym, that was, that was ended up being really key as well. Uh, Yeah. If there were, if I had another room to play with, yeah, screening room for sure. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, he wants that. We actually, I mean, you can't see it, but there is a arcade machine on the far side of our living room that I helped uh, put together early on in our relationship. So he'll have a space for that, his, you know, his movies, and it, it'll be nice if we're able to get that. Yeah. But it'll come in due time. Yeah. Again, like, you know, my, my unsolicited advice is, you know, be, be patient. Again, like it took us a long time. I know, again, Mike, I know they looked for a long time too. I mean, it's just in this area in particular, uh, and like, you know, fellow AR refugee Bill Mayo and I, we've discussed this many times. It's like, <laughs> You know, you really pay for the privilege of living so close to Manhattan. And because he and I joke mm-hmm. about this all the time because he's been living out in New Mexico. And it's like, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing, too. And even just traveling generally, it's like you see it like a dollar goes a lot, a lot further <laughs> other places. Oh, oh yeah. You know, so 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 there's that aspect. But uh, but no, that's that's really cool. And I, and I wish you luck. And on the off chance I yeah. hear of anything, I'll, I'll be sure to send it your let, way. Let me know because we're looking on and off. But, you know, it's it's also being where we are. It's nice being close to a train station um, because, you know, with me being back in school, commuting into the city back and forth, you know, that's also very important. 
Yes. So that's a perfect, uh, I want to take a real quick commercial break and then I want to come back. I want to talk about what uh, what you've been doing on the school front. So uh, we will be right back. If you enjoy this show, please make sure you subscribe, rate and review. I also hope you'll consider joining my Patreon community. The support of my patrons enables me to produce this podcast and patrons get rewards too, including exclusive episodes, advanced listens and more. Sign up today and get instant access to the back catalog. Visit patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato. Thank you to all of my patrons. I truly appreciate your support. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday, and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out this family of film festivals, Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On To Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In The Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. All right, and we are back with Carolyn. And I again, I just want to thank our sponsors and uh, all of my patrons as well. I really do appreciate it. So uh, so yeah, Carolyn, so what, uh, what is your current status? Because I can't remember the last time I spoke with you. It, I mean, it's been a while, uh, but you're currently, what, what's the program that you're currently enrolled in? So I am back at John Jay. Um, and I, my master's program is forensic mental health counseling. So I've always had the interest of, you know, forensic psychology and that's where my, you know, bachelor's degree is in. And granted, I graduated back in 2008, took a very long break, uh, before going back. But, uh, when I did decide to go back, it was just the right time, you know, I was in a much better place, you know, in my life with friends and family and, and Vince. Um, I had to take the GRE a few times before I got the, the score. Um, but I am, I think I'm two years in, I have two years left. Um, and it's, it's, uh, an exciting road. It's, you know, it's, it's a part of the journey of my life that I'm glad I took. It's been rough because, you know, I'm so much older than a lot of the students. Um, but as many of my professors have told me, I have the life experience that a lot of them don't have, um, you know, which does give me a boost, you know, does make me feel a bit better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough, but I'm glad I made the, the decision, um, you know, to go back to school. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, kudos for doing that. I think that's awesome. And no, I mean, I, I really admire it because I, you know, like I went straight from high school to college to law school. I didn't have a break. And, you know, now in my capacity, you know, in, in law school admissions, it's like I, I work with a lot of what we call nonlinear or non-traditional <laughs> students. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine that it's, you know, it's just like a different mentality, a different mindset, right? When you've been out in the world and then coming back and being in a classroom setting again, I'm sure it takes a minute to acclimate to that again. Oh, it, it was definitely hard. And then to be back in school and then the pandemic hit during the two classes, I'd rather not take online. It was like statistics and research. And I was like, well, I don't really want to take this on a Zoom class, but, you know, I had no choice. I had to do it. Um, but the professors have been great. They've just been so understanding with everything going on. And, you know, I, again, like I said, I have the support, you know, from everyone where I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And then, you know, I get through it and then, you know, I get those A's, which I'm very proud of because sitting in a room full of people almost 20 years younger than I am. And, you know, they just went straight from like high school to college, it's like I, I'm going, it feels like I'm going up against them because they have some knowledge I don't have because so much have, has changed since I was in school. Um, but, you know, it's, I, it's, it's so great to get, to gain this knowledge and just to learn more and know I'm taking the steps, you know, to better myself and get to where I want to be. 
I love that. And, you know, it's funny because I, I say this when I, because it's not uncommon for one of those nonlinear students to express some misgivings about, and, and again, when I say nonlinear, I mean, you know, we have some people who are a few years out of undergrad, but we literally have people decades out of undergrad. And this is a second or maybe even third career, or maybe it's something that they just kind of always had on their bucket list and they just want to do it. And, you know, they've expressed occasionally like some misgivings about it. And the thing I always say, and I mean this genuinely, like I'm not just selling in my capacity as, as an admissions officer. It's like, I genuinely think, and you, you can tell me, I think that, you know, when you, when you have had that, that life experience, that work experience, you've had some time in between. Yes, it might be a little harder to get back into the school mode, but I think you get more out of it. And I think you appreciate it more than maybe I did when for me it was like, okay, this is the next stage of my schooling. It was just like, okay, like this is the next thing, like let's get into it. But I think when you have that time, I do think it, you you can uh, appreciate it more. I think, no, I do agree with you for sure. Like I was talking to one of my professors um, about a midterm because I got, I think I got like a 95 on the midterm, but I was like, I want to know what I did wrong. And he goes, you did really well. He's like, you didn't really need to talk to me about this, but you know, I'm glad you reached out. And, you know, I told him, it's like, look, I'm so, I've been out of school for so long. And he was telling me how he has a student who's 25. She just got her doctorate degree, but she has no life experience. And that's what he stressed on me. And that, that really stuck with me. It was from this past semester. He's like, you have an experience some of these students don't have like I've been out there it's it's like I I see what happens you know it's not just an education I'm not just sitting in a classroom for however many hours a day and then just all right do this do this do this like you know this is the next step I got to take it for me it was like all right I went to community college then I'm, you know I took a year off then I went back to school and I graduated and then I was like what do I do now and then it was, I think it was almost 12 years. And I was like, well, I guess I'm taking the next step now, you know, to go back to school. Um, but that that just really stuck with me. And, and other professors have said the same thing. It's like, you have something, a lot of these kids, and they are kids, like they're 18, 19 years old. And, you know, I'm so much older than them. But then I, I, like, I've been in the world, I have experience and, and you know, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because I, um, again, not in that, not in that particular setting, but I, I recently briefly had a Flat Squirrel Productions intern. Uh, my, you know, my mom works at uh, Edgemont High School, and they're like all the seniors have to do an internship project before they graduate. And there was actually someone else who who did an internship with me a few years ago when I first started the podcast. Actually, it was it was twenty fifteen. And then there was someone else who wanted to do something and he was into comics and I was like, sure. And he helped me, he did a bunch <laughs> of editing, like he, you know, uh, created clips and he did some, uh, some research for me and stuff like that. It was great. Very helpful. Um, but, you know, it was funny, like when I was, when I was talking to him and I was explaining about, you know, what I do on the podcasting front and all that. But then we were talking about Superman and comics and movies and everything. And in particular, we were talking about Superman, the animated series, which debuted in 96, 97, like around there. And, uh, you know, like I had to stop myself and I was like, oh, you weren't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like I, I really had to check myself and, and like uh, to a similar extent with law school, not so much because those I mean, everyone I'm dealing with is at least 22 and a lot of times they are older than that. But but even still, it's like, I mean, I'm approaching mid 30. So it's like if I'm talking <laughs> to someone in their early 20s, it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of a divide there as far as references and things like that. Yeah, especially uh, one of the girls in my class brought up the Jean Benet case. And I'm like, I was alive when that happened. I don't think you were. <laughs> I'm like, I lived that. Or like some of these other cases, like like BTK. I remember seeing the newspaper articles in the supermarkets when he was caught. And I'm like, you probably weren't alive when that happened. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, I, I identify with that. And, and the other example that comes to my mind is, um, well, we have student workers and um, I was talking, one of them, I was talking to her about the office 
And, you know, like I watched The Office live when it originally aired (laughs) and it's like she just binged it on Netflix. And it's like, you know, thankfully, again, we both saw the show. So we had the same, you know, frame of reference. But, you know, the way we came to it, you know, was very different. So uh, but anyway, I give you a lot of credit for that. So, I mean, you're in school, you're planning a wedding, you're working at the animal hospital, you're looking for uh, a new place to live, all that stuff. We got to do some alternate realities talk here because that's, you know, ultimately, I think what what the people want. Uh, I, I think they enjoy the general life catch-ups as well, though. I, I, I choose to believe that. And even if they don't, I do, so it's all right. <laughs> but uh, but no, so I want to talk about alternate realities a little bit. So as far as, again, keeping in touch, I mean, is, is the book club, the? I mean, I know, again, Mike, obviously, you know, you're, you, you know, you're very close with, but as far as the larger group, is the book club the main way you're keeping in touch, or are you keeping in touch other ways too? It is. It is the main way. Um, so I do see a bunch of the guys, which is nice. Um you know, we, when we were seeing everybody in person, it was much nicer. And of course, when the pandemic first hit, you know, there was a long stretch of time before we picked it up again through the Zoom calls. Um, but actually, uh, Doug and Marie, I do get to speak to every so often because they bring their dog to the animal hospital. So it is nice that I do get to speak with them a little bit more. Um, so I think they were actually the first ones to know you know, uh, about the engagement because I saw Marie right away. Um, but yeah, that is the main way I do keep in touch with everyone. Um, I can't wait until we can start doing book club in person again to see people in person. Um, you know, it'd be nice to pick up the dinners too. I miss having the dinners with everyone. Um, you know, Mick, whether it's Mickey Splains or somewhere else, you know, uh, yeah, I miss, I miss all of that. <laughs> As, as do I. I mean, I think, you know, as we're recording this at the very end of, of June for our, our uh, Independence Day episode, I, I think we're I think we're very close to the point where we could, I think, safely, even if it's an outdoor. I was kind of thinking of like an outdoor meetup, whether we, you know, went to a place where there's a food truck or we brought food or we literally just met at a park, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> you know, well, it's fine. You know, I'm th- I didn't think about this ahead of time, but you know, part of our, like the dinner routine, right? As you well know, you know, we, we would, well, I mean, back in the day, of course, would start at the store and then we would all, you know, have this caravan over to the restaurant. But then the other, the other piece of it was always at the end, after the dinner, after we went outside and we went first, it was usually happened twice. First, like outside the restaurant, the circle forms. Yep. (laughs) And we BS for a few more minutes and then it's like, okay, let's go. And then we walk to the parking lot and then the circle reforms. And then we would talk a little bit more. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, because it's funny. I was trying to think of like, like, where would be a good place where there's a food truck? Like, we're, you know, and I'm like, I, maybe we just stand in a parking lot in a circle. <laughs> maybe that's the answer. <laughs> the good old days. I think we'd all be perfectly happy to do that, especially I mean, after probably. the past year. I mean, I feel <laughs> like that would be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, is, do you have anything special planned for uh, for Fourth of July? Anything fun? Uh, we're going up to one of his friends that he has a deck, which we've been going to the last couple of years and we just have a barbecue and we just chat and hang out and it's, you know, it's nice to just be with people. Yes, indeed. Definitely. Uh, you, you, you certainly appreciate that in a new way after all of this. I, you know, I mentioned at the top about your, your brief tenure, or I don't know how brief it was as AR webmaster web designer what, what would you it call was it? it was pretty it was pretty brief i guess um i don't know i guess web webmaster quote unquote um i did start it and then steve just never really gave me anything to put on it so it just kind of died out after a little bit oh because wait all right would you happen to remember like what year we're talking here um oh my goodness uh I've known you guys probably close to 15 years. I was 18 when I started going out to dinner with everyone. I remember that. Um, it had to have been a couple of years after that. Because I remember, you know, it's funny. I think I got, I think I got the timeline a little mixed up because I remember the summer of 2007, you know, Steve put his Odoisms on the website and we had some new photos. But I think that was, the, the, we had a worker there named Morgan. Yes, I think that was she did work. a website after me that I think that was after that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, any memories from your time as a webmaster? 
unfortunately that was so long ago i mean i was i was up for it i wanted to do it and then just it just kind of just fiddled and just disappeared it's i mean steve himself has has admitted like the retail thing you know might not have been the right fit for him because it's just so funny it's like you know we didn't and maybe at some points there were some things for sale. I can't remember. Not that you could actually buy it through the website, but I think there were photos of things and it was like, hey, come I to think, the store yeah. and we have this. But the fact that like a good chunk of the website was devoted to his, you know, personal ideology, his manifesto, it's like. <laughs> the Odoisms. You know, I'm sure it was like personally fulfilling for him, but I don't know that the website served the, <laughs> the function that, yeah. that maybe it needed to. But now he's an eBay whiz, so he made up for it. This this is true. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see the warehouse in person? I have. I've yeah. seen it a couple of times. I haven't seen it recently, but I know he did empty out some, and it's he doesn't have as many units as he did. Um, but I was there. I think once or twice. I, I was there. Yeah, it's that he still has the he still has the two units or rooms as he calls them, and uh, but he he cleared out a lot. It, the the main one with the with the comics and everything like that looks looks very different now than than it did, you know, even a few months ago and, and certainly different than it looked in the in the latest documentary where, you know, we showed it, um, where it really looked like the store like transplanted there. <laughs> it was just the store. Yeah, basically. But uh, so you so you started so you started going out to dinner when you were 18. When did you start shopping at the store, though? Was it shortly before or had you been shopping there a while? It was no, it was shortly before that. How'd you yeah, find the shop? How'd you end up there? I think my dad had picked something up for my sister and I, and then I got my driver's license not too long after that. So then I started to drive myself to the store because it was really the only place to get anime that was subtitled because that's when Steve had the subtitled anime. So I used to purchase that from him. Um, and then I just started to get into the comic books. I think that's when the first spider-man movie came out so that's when i started to really want to look into the comic books um and then i somehow became a part of the group and you know i got invited out to the dinners and here we are yeah no i and i'm not gonna ask oh what was it like being the 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 lone female member of our group because i think that's you know kind of a basic question it, it is interesting so what i was thinking about though is that uh, and, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, obviously, many of us have brought our wives and or girlfriends, you know, to the dinners and things like that. But among, like, the base group, you long have been the sole female representative. But what's interesting is that, you know, it's like now I've gone to, a, you know, a lot of comic shops out there. And it really does seem like there is a lot more uh, variety and diversity in terms of who's who's coming into the shop and, and who's reading. Cause you know, the, the other thing I was thinking of going back to that first podcast that you did, I think Brian made a joke at the beginning when I introduced you of, of like, Oh, the, the token female. And I, I, I know what he meant, but I mean, token, I, I, you know, my sense of the word is that that would seem to imply there were other women to choose from. And I just like, I had <laughs> like, I had one woman on the podcast just to say like, Hey, look, there's a woman represented. And that wasn't the case. I mean, among our customer base and certainly the group that went out to dinner, but even among the customers generally, I mean, it was, you weren't the only one, but I mean, it was a really small group. Yeah. I think back then, like I do remember some, you know, women, but not many. Um, it's great that it's expanded so much since then. Um, you know, Mike and I do joke that I, you know, I'm the token female. Um, you know, as you all know, I don't take that personally. I think it's funny because um, Vince and I were on YouTube and actually the original documentary popped up. So we started watching it because he's actually never seen it before. Uh. And it was, it was just to watch how young we all were and just seeing everyone again and then you know watching it it's like wow i really was the only girl who went out to dinner with everyone and you know not that it makes me feel special in anything it's like i feel a part of you guys like i, I never felt different from men from any of you none of you ever treated me differently it's like you just i was a friend i was a part of the group and just because i was the only female it never it didn't make anything different which is i think why 
our group is the way it is. It's like nobody made anybody feel different. And everyone was, you know, so accepting of each other. You know, I knew all of you had my back if something was to happen. But other than that, I just, I felt like one of you guys. I, you know, I never felt different. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you felt that way. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, I mean, it's something that I've thought about more, you know, obviously, I think this is something that's on people's minds in a way that it wasn't in the past. And especially going to more stores now and in other parts of the country and like really getting a sense and you, you see that there's been a shift and, and, and that's great because it's like comics are for everyone. And, and then of course though, there's the aspect of, you know, the, the welcoming atmosphere. And I, I mean, I really, from all the time I was behind the counter and anyone I ever observed at our shop behind the counter, it's like, I, I would stand by the statement. I don't think, and I would hate to think, right, that any you know, uh, the female customer might have come in and ever felt uncomfortable. They might have been like, this store is a mess, but we felt that way too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, That's very true. <laughs> but, uh, but at least just as far as, because again, I, you know, and I know, I'm sh- I know there, you know, are, there are women who have gone to shops and have, you know, you know, been creeped out and, and not had a good experience. And thankfully, like, I don't think that was ever the vibe at, at our shop. I think it was just kind of more of like, they're just, you know, there weren't as many women who came through the doors, you know, oh, yeah. back then for sure, you know, and if Kara ever listens to this, I, I, I we had other, <laughs> again, I, you know, there, there were, you know, female customers, but again, if you were do, really doing a statistical analysis here, it was, it was minimal among the, yeah. the larger, but very few kids too. I mean, you know, that's the other thing. It's like there, I think that our clientele for the most part, ran pretty traditional to what you think of like a comic like like an old school like typical comic shop clientele like it was primarily you know white adult men mostly (laughs) yes you know but i mean from my point of view i never felt right you know different i just i walked in it's like all right i know where i want to go i know what i'm looking for none like i said none of you you know made me feel any different. You're we like, oh, what are you going to get? And then Steve was like, hey, do you want, you know, me to put comic books aside for you? I was like, sure. That's right. What not, What was your number again? I, it was 118. 118. Uh, and so, again, just going back to like the, the, the comic side of this. So is Spider-Man still a favorite character? Still a favorite character. Um, unfortunately, I did fall out of reading comic books. Um, you know, I'd like, I'd like to get back into it. Um, so that's again, where the book club comes back into play. Cause I get to read stuff I've never read before. Um, so it's just getting back into it slowly, seeing what's out there, what I can read, you know, just to get back into my, you know, old interests. Cause I definitely dove right back into watching anime, which is a big, big part of my life again, after, you know, my, that, that blip of time span in my life where I fell out of everything. You know, I got back into that. Now I'd really like to get back into the comic book reading. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. So, so like you said, it's the book club primarily. That's, that's what you're reading for now, but did you stop like buying and collecting and reading regularly even before AR closed or were you still getting stuff at that point? I think here or there, but not as much. Right. I think the last thing I purchased right when the store was basically empty uh was it was a daredevil book um i can't remember which one um but steve had ordered it for me and it was still just sitting in the box and i came i think it was the last day that everyone was packing everything up i was finally able to come and help and the book was there and i was like i will buy that book still and that was the last last book i bought from uh from steve It's, I, you know, I don't, uh, oh, actually, no, I do. So the last thing I got from the store was, well, the last two things actually were, were gifts. He, he, at the, the last supper, the big dinner, Steve gave me that Superman neon sign, which doesn't work, but that felt so on brand for alternate realities. Like, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if you're a Conan O'Brien fan, but, but he very recently, uh, he just signed off from his TBS show and he's going to come back in the future with like a v- weekly variety show on HBO Max. But he had like the, the, the end of his TBS show, which ran for 10 or 11 years. And Jack Black was his final guest and they, they 
during the interview, they were talking about how they had this whole like stunt planned, like a physical stunt for Jack Black to do. And during the rehearsal, he uh, sprained his ankle. And so he couldn't do it. So he just came out and he sat there and he had the cast around his ankle. But Conan was like, you know what? This is like perfect for us. This is like 100% on brand for for Conan O'Brien and the show. And that's kind of how I feel about the neon sign that didn't work. It's like, all right. It was the thought Very that apropos. counted. It felt so fitting. And then the other thing before that was um, there was a Rocky action figure that came out. And this is so funny. So, you know, we've often talked on this podcast about the season one uh, finale of my comic shop history when it was me, uh, Steve and Bill. And we recorded the finale as the store was mostly emptied out and was late at night and it was very emotional, all that stuff. But before we recorded, I went into the back room on the steel shelves where like where the reserve, you know, if there were items that didn't fit in the filing cabinet, they would go on those steel shelves in the back. And so I saw this Rocky figure that I had not asked for and I had not ordered <laughs> and it had a price tag and my name on it. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, I think Steve expects me to buy this, but all right. And then after we were done recording, like he went back there and he brought it out. He's like, oh, like I got this for you. Like, here you go. It was very, very nice and very great. And I, and I really do treasure that. But uh, yeah, so those were my last two items from the store. Yeah. Good times. But very uh, much. Uh, yeah. I miss, I miss those times. Yeah, I know. I mean, is there anything in particular that, uh, that, that you miss the most? Like a, I don't know, because the, the, I know this store was a part of our, all of our routines, but maybe in different ways, like whether, you know, some of us were there, you know, like clockwork on Wednesdays or Endor came in for those Saturday gatherings or just came in like other random days of the week. Like what, how did it kind of fit into your routine the most? I would always, I would always come up a little bit before closing on Saturdays to, you know, go out to dinner with everyone. And then, you know, when I had the chance, I would come and try to hang out for a little bit during the week. Um, but yeah, I just, I just miss those, those, the Saturdays. I miss the Saturdays where, you know, all of us would just be at the store before we would, you know, go to the, go to dinner. Yeah, those, uh, those were great times for sure. And so I know you said that you went, you know, to all, yeah, like just to kind of hang out with, with some of the guys. But so, I mean, obviously you don't have like a regular go-to shop at the moment. No, I don't. It, it, if I do start picking up books again, it'll probably be, you know, stop it all yeah you know for maybe things because i don't know of many other ones there aren't many that i know of you know in our area um what is it spider's den i web. think they're in yonker web spider's web um i know of them um but yeah it's otherwise it's just online you know looking looking at stuff online Though I do, I do prefer whether it's a novel or a comic book. I prefer having the physical book in my hand because um, there's just something about feeling the pages and the smell of it. You know, it's I just I like that. It's like, almost like reminiscing about the past. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't I don't dispute that. As much as I have become a proponent of of digital, it's like I there is something about that uh, that that tangible experience of holding the book for sure. I'm sure that the uh, the old school collectors and any, any comics retailer who's listening to this will appreciate uh, that sentiment. So like as far as getting back into comics, what's the main roadblock for you at the moment? Like is it, I just don't know if I'm going to have time, like I got to, you know, work it into the budget, like I don't know where to start. Like what's the biggest hindrance? I mean, it's probably a little bit of everything. I mean, time-wise is a big thing, um, you know, especially with being back in school and, you know, I have to devote what little time I have, you know, working at, at my job to read, like, I can't even read a novel. Like I carry a novel with me to work every day to read. And, and I go on my lunch break and I'm just so exhausted that I just look at my phone instead. Um, but it's, it's mostly time, you know, it's, it's just finding that time out of, you know, adult life because when I'm not working, you know, 40 odd hours a week, it's all right. When am I, when am I off? Okay. What am I doing on my day off? I now have to be an adult on my day off and, you know, do food shopping, run errands, clean the apartment, you know, take care of my cats. Um, it's, it's, it's finding that time for myself, which I should, I should look for it a little harder than I do. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then knowing what to read. I mean, thankfully, I have friends who read and I can, you know, ask them or, you know, go back and 
you know, it's like, well, what did I want to read back in the past? And maybe I can look for that and pick that up and, you know, pick up from there. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you and that, that all makes sense. Do you think you would do single issues or trades or, I mean, I'm sure probably a mix, but like primarily, what do you think you would do? Probably trades yeah. at this point. Um, especially since I'd like to read stuff that has already been out. Um, it's also much, much nicer to read a story in full, you know, rather than in, in bits and pieces. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, it's, I, I, again, I identify with a lot of this because, you know, as a little experiment for myself and, and the podcast back in season two, I got a pull list at Spider's Web for the first time in years, you know, because even before AR closed, like I had, was just reading in trade. And then even that I kind of fell off for a while. And so this was around the time of DC Rebirth. And I was like, okay, like, let me try this again. You know, it's a, it's a different store, but run by one of our former customers. I'll feel comfortable there. And I was like, like, let me see what it would be like again to have a weekly pull list. And, you know, the experience at Spider's Web was great. And I would, rec I would you know, recommend that store to, to, you know, to anyone. But it just, and honestly, I think it had less to do with the, the shop experience and more to do with the comics themselves. Like it just, as much as I liked the DC Rebirth era overall, it just, I don't know, I wasn't able to recapture the experience that I used to have of like really being excited to go to the shop every Wednesday and get my books. I just sure. couldn't do it. And it was, it was a little, it was disappointing because I was like, I wanted that. Like I really wanted to have that again, mm -hmm. but, but then it's like, it's funny. I think, and I, you know, may, hopefully you'll get it right back. I hope that you do, <laughs> but it's like, even if you don't, and maybe the answer, maybe you already have the answer in book club. Cause like for me doing the book club podcast that I did, but even more than that, doing the Superman show, I can't tell you it's reinvigorated my fandom and my joy that the joy that I get from reading comics or watching the adaptations in a way that it, like I've not experienced before because I've not, you know, I've not had that, you know, this specific experience of like, okay, I'm going to chronicle my fandom on a podcast and I'm like reading and watching this stuff in a different way. Like it's, so I found, I found the joy, but just in a different way. Yeah. And you, you know, what you just said, I agree with like, so much because that's how it is with the book club. Like, it's like, all right, we're going to read this and this. And I'm like, this is great. I've never read this before. I don't know what it's about. And you get to talk about it with, with so many different people. It's like, not just, you know, those of us from AR, but other people who are friends with everyone else and you, you get their point of view and, and you get to talk about how you feel about it. And everyone is, is, you know, accepting of it and they appreciate your, your point of view and you get to hear their point of view. And for me to sit in on these chats with people who've been reading comic books for decades, it's entertaining also because I'm getting to learn what they read and, and they're comparing it to what they used to read, what used to be printed. And it's just so interesting. And um, Vince, who doesn't really read books at all, like he'll listen in on it and he'll find it interesting at times as well. Um, and it's, it's, I love that. I love getting that because it is so much fun. I love to hear that. And so, so I'm glad you have that. And, you know, so even if you're not able to necessarily replicate the you know the you know the, the the traditional experience that you had of you know going to the shop and getting whether it's singles or trades uh you know the fact that you have that is awesome so as a spider-man fan and i guess you you got into spider-man well after this but does the clone saga hold any particular meaning for you <laughs> i i still need to read it um i <laughs> I, I should read it because I read so much about it. Um, but being that my email address is still the same as Ricochet Spidey, um, it, it does hold a special place in my heart, even though I've never read it. It's, it's at my fingertips. I just have not physically read it yet. So, well, in your defense, so Ricochet was, was part of the identity crisis storyline that was like a little bit after. So that wasn't like yeah. in the clone saga. So I th you're safe on that front, but I only, I bring that up a because I love the Clone Saga, but B, <laughs> they're bringing back uh, Ben Riley. Are they? They just announced this and they posted some promo Ooh. art. There's this Spider-Man Beyond event that's starting in the next few months, and I don't know much about it other than from the art and what little they've revealed. It appears that Ben will be back as Spider-Man, 
you know, well, I'm sure that won't last forever and none of these things do. But if you're looking again, I know you don't have this, that particular affinity for Ben Riley, but, uh, I don't know if the stories are good. It might make you want to go back and finally read the original clone saga. Although when you're like, I need to read it. I don't know if I would say need, I, that might be <laughs> a little generous, <laughs> but you know, there, there is a certain charm to it, I think. No, Ben Riley was an interesting character. Um, I should read, I should just read all of that, you know, all those back issues. Um, but that is a good place to start. I do, I do appreciate that little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a place to go. And I mean, assume I'm assuming then you probably skipped most, if not all of like brand new day and, and all of that, or maybe you were there for a little bit of it. I, I think maybe for a little bit of it. Okay. Because, I mean, that whole, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, and I only read the very beginning, but I mean, that's years and years worth at this point. So there's, you know, you definitely have some like decent jumping on points if you, if you're looking. I have, I have quite a history to go back to. Um, I do know I want to read up on the Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy, you know, Spider Gwen. I do want to read that. Um, I know there's places I can start. It's just actually doing it is, is my problem. <laughs> Yeah. And so I know, so when you were reading, was it primarily, um, was it primarily Marvel? Would you do some DC stuff? It was, it was primarily Marvel, but I did read Hellboy, um, and, uh, one other title, um, which I can't remember, um, off the top of my head, but it was, it was mainly Marvel. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I, you know, uh, while I'm not the biggest fan of like of DC right now, generally, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, historically, there's, there's obviously there's, there's a lot there and, uh, and it is home to my favorite character and just on the independent side, there's so much great stuff out there. This, yeah, you I, know. I definitely want to read saga. I started reading saga. I want to get back into that because that was a wonderful story. The artwork, everything was just, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, any, honestly, anything Brian K Vaughn, like I, for the book club podcast, I just did, uh, ex machina, the Wildstorm series. If you have any interest in political stuff, it's it's so good. And if not, I mean, there's always Why the Last Man, which remains one of my all-time favorites. So there's, there's and the nice thing with the independent or the creator-owned stuff is that you don't, in in most cases, except stuff that's like so so long running, they're usually, you know, it's, it's less to digest and you don't have to deal with crossovers and all kinds of stuff. It's like you can just get, a, you know, a set of trades, like Why is collected in five thick trades, you're good to go. Yeah, the the crossover events were never uh, were never fun. It's like, oh, I don't read this title, but now I have to pick up this one one book. I don't read that one either, but I guess I have to pick that up as well. They get you. They always get you. Yes, I have. I have a few boxes, few long boxes, sitting in my my parents' my old room in my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I, I get that. Uh, and then, so with the book club, they're have you had the opportunity yet to pick the reading selection? And if so, what did you pick? Not yet. I really want to pick a Hellboy book, but I have to figure out which Hellboy book. Cause I know it's not like, not everyone is interested in reading it. Um, but I just find the character, you know, very entertaining. And I loved all the books that I have and all the single issues I picked up. So it's just trying to figure out like which book and then, you know, maybe finding a companion story to read with it. I, and I don't, not that I want to speak for him, but I can all but guarantee if you pick Hellboy, Rich Roney will not read it. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Roney will talk about what, like what he's heard about it <laughs> and the fact that he knows it was a thing. And there might be something about the cover that he finds striking. And he'll talk about that. And that'll probably be I'd like be to it. think for me he'd read it, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I can't. But it's not personal. It's not personal. I just I think, know. <laughs> although, well, in fair, I, you know what? Let me, I'll walk that back a little bit because I know you guys did do uh, Planetary, right? Um, I don't think I was able to join on that one, but I think they did read it. All right. And that was a little out of his wheelhouse. So, you know, m- maybe, but I still, I would be very skeptical. <laughs> he's very set in, uh, in, in, in what he said it himself. He's like, he's so hardwired for the traditional superhero stuff as much as like, you know, it's funny, like over all these years, like all the books, like you know, I was just going on about why. And like, it's like all the stuff that we've all recommended to him. I remember we tried 
like a number of us tried to get him into fables because I felt like out of everything, not that that's superheroes, but it just, I don't know. I felt like there would have been a, a seamless enough like transition where he could get into that, you yeah. know, like with the whole universe of characters they built out and, but he, he didn't, uh, he wouldn't go for it. <laughs> oh, rich, but we'll see. Maybe I'll look back in my comic book collection and recommend something else. That's not Hellboy. Um, yeah, but well, that's cool. Well, listen, I hope you continue enjoying uh, book club. I hope that, you know, if and when you get back into reading regularly, that it's uh, that it's a good experience and that you get out of it what you want. I guess that's the most important thing. Yes. And right now with book club, I absolutely am. I'm just like, guys, what are you recommending? I will get it. I will pick it up. I will read it. I'll probably reread it, you know, when I don't have to worry about talking about it. I can just take my time and just sit and read it a little at a time. Cause I usually wind up just having a chunk of time and I just speed read through everything and I just take notes and, you know, talk about what I can. Um, Cause I definitely want to reread the long Halloween again and just sit and just take it all in because there were definitely things I missed, you know, whether it's dialogue or the artwork, you know, cause that's another thing I want to just like, just look at the artwork and, and see the little details that the artist put in and, um, and enjoy it that way. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do think it's, it's worth a reread and, uh, and yeah, certainly if, if you like that, I mean, you know, read dark victory, uh, cause it's, you know, it's a, another 13 issue series by that team. And then they also <laughs> did Catwoman when in Rome, which is a six parter and they had done some legends of the dark Knight Halloween specials before the long Halloween. So like their whole long Halloween saga is actually more, it spans more than you might initially think. Yeah, I know the guys also brought that up to, you know, the other books that went along with it. So, you know, I may look into it along with everything else. Yes. Well, listen, is there anything else that uh, that you wanted to talk about? Anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to chat about? No, I don't think so. That that covered quite the expanse of time, I think. Good. All right. Well, listen, it was great catching up. I'm really glad that uh, that we were able to do this. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you for having me. I, I definitely enjoyed catching up with you and getting to talk about everything. Good, good, good. And uh, again, congratulations on the upcoming wedding. I'm so excited. So happy Thank for you, you guys and uh, happy, you know, looking forward to, to being there. And yeah, hopefully we can, you know, all get together uh, before then. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Uh, so thank you, Carolyn. Thank you to our listeners. We will be back next month with the return of Steve Ryan, the final worker at Alternate Realities. So yeah, make sure that uh, you come back for that in one month. And as always, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a Flat Squirrel production. Art by Filtastic Filmenza, music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country on Amazon, Apple TV, and CuriosityStream.